Hello and welcome to the Verblio Show. I'm your host, Steve Pockross, and I'm Verblio CEO. Your next great marketing idea can come from anywhere. That's why each week I talk with leaders from a broad range of backgrounds. Some you'll know and some you won't. But by going deep with each guest, it is my hope that you'll find ideas, inspiration, entertainment, and the unexpected. The Verblio Show is brought to you by Verblio, the friendliest content creation platform in the business. This week I'm talking again with Sunit Bhatt, president of mission-driven outsourcing company Boulder, former GM of digital marketing leader Crazy Egg, former chief growth officer of Help Scout, and one of my favorite people for all things startups and value-based leadership. I invited Sunit to kick off one of the days of Verblio's first hackathons in October, and it left me and my team so inspired that I invited him back to share some of those thoughts to kick off our 2021 with optimism, enthusiasm, and ideas for how to share that inspiration with ourselves and also with our teams. We spoke on December 28th, 2020. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Sunit Vat, thank you so much for joining me back on the Verblio Show. Absolutely. Happy to be here and uh, happy holidays. Thank you. And you too. Um, when you came to our hackathon, thank you so much for being our guest star and for psyching up the yeah. crowd. Um, I wanted you to talk today about some of the big themes that got us so fired up. And so one of the places that you started this, with, which was a formula for why people aren't satisfied and what can help us get more satisfied with work and with the world. You know, I love that formula. Because you know, it, it, Michael Norton, HBS professor, author of several incredible studies and incredible books, focuses a lot on happiness and he's actually evolved his take on happiness. But one of, one of the things that he wrote, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, uh, published a study. Um, and he had conducted the study where he asked um, some of the wealthiest people in the world. I think he started in the U.S., but he'd done sort of pockets of these studies in other parts of the world as well. So like with the Dutch, for example, I remember. And he asked them, he said, all right, you folks are doing really well. You've got, you know, a million dollars or equivalent of a million bucks. What do you need to be happy? All right, what do you think you would need to make to be happy? And no matter like where he ran the study, the answer everybody gave was, I need about two to three times what I have right now and I'd be happy. <laughs> and what's funny is there, that has, that study has been replicated so many times uh, across different income brackets. And if you were to run the experiment, no matter what, and you were to find sort of that average, you would likely find that people would say the same thing. What do I need to be happy, successful to like feel, feel like I'm good. And they would say, I need, you know, two, whatever I have times two to three times three is going to put a smile on my face. So that's like the formula. And everyone's like silver bullet. It sounds great. The problem is what, whatever you have keeps changing every time you multiply it. And so if you have a hundred thousand today and you get 300,000, 300,000 doesn't become what comes after the equal sign. It becomes the driver of the new formula. And that's, that, that to me was a game changer on this concept of happiness. And the reason, and this is you know, Professor Norton stuff, but he's like, uh, the way people frame these questions is wrong, right? In a sense, because what they say is, when they think about how they're doing, they say, okay, am I doing better than I was before? That's like the first thing. That's solid. That's like, have, have I myself made progress? I can get behind that question. Am I doing better than I was before? 
I think defining better is important, right? But at the end of the day, like if you're self-reflecting and looking for progress in some way, like I can get by that question. But the second question is, am I, how am I doing compared to everyone else? And that's where it all falls apart. That's where it all falls apart. Because as you ex move up, or as you move into different circles, your peer group, right? At the end of the day, you're always in the middle of your peer group, right? That's always what's going to happen. And so you're always doing average. And so you're never happy. And this got me to a place, and this is important. So actually in our year end presentation, in my toast, in my company presentation, I didn't talk about 2021. I just said, stop. And I want you to reflect on the past year. And I want you to like identify the things that made you happy, identify the things that made you proud. And I just want you to marinate on that. And then I want you to think about the things that you are excited to do better next year. That was it. I'm not giving you our revenue goals. I'm not giving you like number of clients, not giving you any of that stuff. Let's just stop there. Because this idea, and this is my mantra, is every day wake up happy, proud, but not, not yet satisfied. And I think the happy and proud are things that people skip over. Um, and as a result of that, the result of skipping over and locking in a moment of happiness, acknowledging your moments of pride, people just keep focusing on the not yet satisfied. And that's where burnout is. Like, because you haven't stopped to feel happy and you haven't stopped to feel proud. So that's like, that's where this, you know, this equation and this perpetual motion comes into play. And I think fits really nicely it, for anyone who's at the end of the year, like anyone. Anyway. I think so too. The, the formula that you said, it struck me too. And I think it struck all of us, um, especially how to get there. I was thinking when you were talking just this time, it reminded me so much of a formula that somebody gave me for what is old and ah. Old is always 15 years older than where you are, regardless of where the goalposts are. So yep. if you would have asked me 15 years ago, I would have said, I am currently very old. But uh, <laughs> now I think old people are 15 years older than me. So it seems like inherently we have the ability to do this mental gymnastics in the right direction. We do. I think the formula you just quoted, though, would make everybody very happy. <laughs> it, does the, it, does, it does the opposite. So what are some of the ways that you uh, can help us work through how to become more happy and proud um, as to, to help us on the road to being satisfied? Yeah. So I've been doing a version of this presentation and a version of this conversation with everybody who's worked for me for a very, very long time. So I am notorious for as people approach January of working with me, people tend to leave. Like people tend to move on. I have a high team member attrition rate in January, February, because I try and ask people, push people to ask questions about what they really want, what they really want. This year, um, I, I started codifying around that happy, proud, but not yet satisfied because we needed like I needed a very clear, simple mantra to motivate the team through what was a very incredible, exceptional year for all of us. And so the exercise I walked them through was I said, okay, I want you to take five minutes. And I did this guided exercise virtually for you know, 400 people. Um, and I was like, look, um, take out a piece of paper. And the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you to write down answers to these questions. And I say, okay, for happy, take five minutes, 
What are up to three things you remember from 2020 that still make you smile? Bullet points, up to three things. Bullet points, like sentences, stream of conscious, whatever. Up to three things. What are up to three things you would do if you had infinite time and money wasn't an issue? Yeah, three things, up to three things. And the last thing is, what are up to three things you can do seemingly forever without losing energy or passion? I think if you answer these three questions uh, and you do up to, and you really live up to the three things and think about it, it's not gonna take you more than five minutes. I swear, five minutes. This exercise is 15 minutes and like, it's incredible. If you were to do that for happy, I think you would start to get to what makes you centrally happy, at least professionally, right? At least professionally. So that's the first thing. So that's the happy exercise, right? And I pulled up the questions on my screen as we were talking. Um, the second one is, okay, you've done that. Now I turn the page and let's do proud. Let's do pride. What are up to three new things you did in 2020 that you can add to your resume and LinkedIn profile? Tangible or three things, up to three things. What are up to three moments you recall from 2020 where you felt your confidence and your abilities grow? Right. And the last one is what are up to three things that happened in 2020 that would not have happened without your presence and participation. And I don't wanna play the hypothetical game, which is well, anybody in this situation would have achieved this goal. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not true. There's no way to prove that. The thing I can prove is you were there and this happened. So what are up to three things that happened because of you? So you do that and you like soak that up. You take 10 minutes to run through that exercise. And then you say, okay, like, you look at just, and you got to do them in this order. You just identified up to nine things that make you happy, right? Now, you just identified up to nine things that filled you with pride. Now you are coming at, I'm not yet satisfied with a truckload of energy, momentum, and confidence. So now, like, are you done? Do you think you're done? Do you think like you peaked in 2020? I hope not. You just rattled off a bunch of stuff that makes you happy and proud. So let's go. What are up to three things you know you can do better in 2021? Why not fire them up? At this point, people are gonna write down five, six, like 10 things. What are up to three new things you wanna experiment with in 2021? Experiment with. And that goes to the hackathon principle, right? And what are up to the three most important things you wanna arrive at this point next year having completed? Right, so it's December 28th, 2021. And you're looking back over your shoulder and you wanna be able to say, yeah, I did, those are the things I did. I did those things. Chad, like I did those things. They're gonna be in your happy and proud bucket for 2021. And that's it. You do that exercise for 15 minutes. And I, I think it's pretty, it's, I've had people cry. I've had people like tell me I haven't had 15, 20 minutes to stop and reflect for myself, right? Thank you for just giving me space. Sometimes like, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, if you think this is all garbage, I get it. But I just gave you 20 minutes to do nothing but think about yourself. Like, you're welcome. Hopefully that was good enough. So very practical exercise for happy, proud, uh, and not yet satisfied. And I think you got, you got to do them in that order. And it goes back to the equation. It goes back to so many discussions you and I have had, something you talked to me about when I was struggling at times, which is like, you got to stop and remember, like, remember what you did, take notes, remember the things you accomplished, right? And then if you want to like 
then you're not beating yourself up, right? Then you're reaching for what's next. And that's a different feeling on a night of satisfied. So that's what I got. Love it. Um, thank you for repeating that and sharing it again. And it's such a great, especially this time of year when we're all thinking about reviews, what we did, goals, what we do next. It's such a hard time of year is like you stop, you barely celebrate, and then you immediately set these just overly ambitious. The better you did the year before, the more ambitious and like baffling yeah. and scary the next round is. Yeah. I mean, look at how well you all did. You know it. And you know, and that's why you when you asked me to come talk at your hackathon, the reason we took this approach is I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to say? You're like, nothing. I just want these people to feel great. Like, I, just want them to, I just want them to feel great. And you created that space. This is awesome. That's funny. I like to say our goals are always inspiring. If you find the perfect space between inspiring and terrifying, then you've done well. One of the things you talked about was the power of beliefs to cut through the natural human, ten the tendency towards negative thinking. And I was hoping you could share that riff too. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go for it. I think, so it, you focus on this idea of belief and what gets you through. And if you look as we just, I think when you and I did the, the hackathon was sort of around the election, right? right. And we were exactly. like, and there's this, this, you know, there's an incredible debate about what do you believe? Right. And what you learn quickly is it's not like fact. Like facts are not necessarily what people believe. Um, they, they can believe facts to be true and not change what they believe. That's like the fascinating thing about facts. So then you dig into, okay, where, like, what are the things that people are like, are gonna believe? And what are the things that, that guide people? And you're like, well, it's also our minds are incredibly flooded right, with information. So. You know, we have, you know, some people said you have 12 to 60,000 thoughts um, every day. You are making 35,000 decisions. So like every four seconds, you're making a decision, right? Which is incredible. A decision to do something every four seconds. And um, about every 23 to 24 seconds, you're having a complete thought, like an end-to-end. -end. They visually map this, this end-to-end thought. So you know, where's the space for you to even find like inspiration and momentum and like ideas to experiment and safety and security to like pursue these things. And I think what was fascinating about all those numbers and the thoughts is they also did the research and said like, hey, of those 12 to 60, 6,200 thoughts that you have, um, 6,200 complete thoughts that you have, 95% uh, of them were repetitive, 85% were negative in some way. And the, and when, but when you get to like the negative things that actually panned out, it was some like modest number, single digit number. So you're having, you're constantly hitting yourself with all these thoughts and doubts and, and they're not in tons of negativity, right? You're questioning yourself all the way. And so, as you, as you, one, just think about how overwhelmed you are with information. The second thing you think about is like, how do you find, how do you find something to carry you forward? And you realize that it's not going to be some metric or some goal or some, it's not, none of this stuff. The thing that carries you forward is like the thing that you authentically believe. It's the story you, your mind is telling you 
tens of thousands of stories every day, right? But you only choose to act on some of them. Those are the ones that you believe, right? So how do you identify the thing that you believe in to sort of carry you forward? And so you stop there for a second. And for me, and it, for you as a, as a manager, a leader, what you realize is our job is to create spaces for people to find what they believe. How do you do that? Well, you do that by eliminating some of the negative thoughts that they're having. You do that by eliminating some of the decisions they have to make, either by equipping them or constraining them, right? Giving like you, but you eliminate some of the decisions they have to make. And then the most important thing is you find a time to create a safe place for them to really unlock and like get creative. And that is the hackathon environment, right? Is that place. Because what, like what sucks about work, right? Like sometimes just getting up and starting is hard. Uh, once you start, like everybody hits a rut, right? There's always just get stuck, right? Um, sometimes finishing projects, how many projects do we all have that are just not finished, right? They're infinite. Um, and the follow through as well. Like, did you get to follow through with the energy without any other distractions, right? Um, could you actually follow through? And what's beautiful about a hackathon, but that concept, all those things go away. Like you have a start date, you have an end date. Um, you know, it's a small amount of time. A rut isn't even possible. Right. Because even if you hit a rut, that's your output. You're great. You you've identified a massive problem that you couldn't get past. Now that's something we can pursue or evaluate as a business. Right. Even bringing up a major problem is awesome in a, in a hackathon. It's amazing. Um, and the follow through is there because you're it's three, four, it's three, four, five days. So you've created this environment. All people have to do is show up with an idea and a belief and like they're gonna have an incredible, they're gonna have an incredible experience with it. And I love it because you can do that anywhere. It's not just about work and it's not about naming it a hackathon. Anytime you are struggling, anytime you are in a rut, anytime you can't follow through, anytime all those things happen, the thing you should tell yourself is, I gotta, what I have to do is eliminate some of my decisions. Mm -hmm give myself some constraints, go back to the thing I believe in and be okay. And like, be okay just doing the work, even if I don't get to the right, don't get to the right outcome. It's like, it, these things are beautiful. And from startup culture, we see it, but I've employed it in many places, right? The same sort of paradigm and model. And our job is to create that space. So if you see a team member struggling, what do you do? Like you don't swoop in and like make them feel worse. Like you swoop in and say, okay, let me take some of these things away. Right. When I pull some of these things back now, you, this was your idea, right? Now go like, now, now go try to make it happen and come back to me and come back to me a week with what you've discovered. And you just created a hackathon for an individual, right? Like that's kind of what you did. And that's what's so beautiful about what you were doing for your team. Beautifully said. I think uh, I've been through a million hackathons without even really just fully grasping just how powerful this is. It really is just setting us all 
it sets us all in exactly the spot of why we got into startups in the first place, which is we wanted to get into it, not because we wanted an endless project list of things that we could never accomplish and never get to like the full, you know, yeah. excellent version. We wanted to invent, disrupt, to create all these fun things and do it together with people we think are brilliant and fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, you've now talked us through uh, how to ins more inspiring thoughts for 2021, just as I'd hoped. You talked through how to inspire yourself, how to inspire your team, both in their goal setting, the reviews, but also through projects along the way, like hackathons or other ways to shake things up whenever you get stuck. Anything else that you're thinking about, Sunit, as far as how to uh, inspire yourself and inspire your team going into this new year? The happy, proud, and not yet satisfied. I've been beating that drum for a while. And it's been great. Like it's been, it's been, uh, it's been perfect. Uh, so that has been the thing that has been carrying me, inspiring me, and also keeping me just like keeping me a little humble with the team too. Obviously, you know, some of us are far out into 2021 um, and thinking about it and, you know, have visions for it and they're hiring against it and are doing all that stuff. But I think you're probably this year more than any other year because of the team I'm with. I think I've been able to trust my instinct and not like, I didn't want to deliver that to the team in, uh, uh, in December or in November. I think practically we introduced our high level goals spirit uh, for our goals in October uh, to the team, just so they could understand big picture where we're going next year, regional expansion, some business unit expansion and general high level plan, like what, you know, just big picture. And then we just like haven't touched it. We just, we're just like, now everybody's got their, everybody's got their head wrapped around it, but like, let them follow through with the year. Let them stop. Um, give them the space to do that. Cause you can be preachy about this stuff, but then not give anybody the space to do it. Right. Um, I think that's the big, I think that's the big, it's probably the big takeaway for me. And the thing that's been the most important for me. Cool. That's the one I most want to learn. Tell me, uh, you mentioned something in, in, an, uh, in one of our correspondence about Newtonian theory that you were working on, but I didn't quite follow. Do you want to try that here? Yeah, I, I could try it here. Um, <laughs> so, we're, so we're trying to set everybody, I think so many people have set OKRs, right? And I have been a part of the founding team, founding OKR team at a number of companies. And I've watched them go really, really badly. Um, and what occurred to me is too often, um, the way goal setting or objective setting goes at a company is like Newton's third law. And it's this idea of actions and forces with opposite reactions and forces. So simply like bounce a ball, it bounces back up, right? And what I've been trying to work with my team on is the problem is if you think of it, if you think of objective setting and OKR setting as I'm holding the ball here, right? And I'm gonna drop it and it's top down objective setting, right? Then no matter how sloppy you are and how thoughtless you are about dropping that ball, those objectives, because gravity and org structure is by your side, you're gonna think you did a bang up job delivering that message to everybody on the team. I dropped it, it landed. That's what you're going to think. And that's the problem is like we too often are sloppy and thoughtless about how we deliver that message. And as a result of that, 
we just, because we watched the ball land, we think the message landed and that's not the case, right? And so what I've been saying is, what if it was a little bit different? And what if like, instead of me dropping the ball, I was tossing it, right? Up into the air, right? And my team was sort of scattered up in the air uh, and looking up, aspiring to do what they needed to do. But I was the one on the ground. I was the one fighting gravity because setting objectives, getting a team bought in is a gravity defying experiment and exercise. Well, if I did that, then I would be way more thoughtful about the ball I was passing, right? I'd be way more thoughtful about who I was passing it to and in what format, or what, what velocity, right? And I would just be so much more thoughtful about all of that because I had all the forces working against me. And I think that to me is the objective setting. Like that, that, was, that was like an interesting thought for me, which is I just didn't wanna just drop it and let it go. And then people in March are like, what happened? Like, why didn't, why are we missing? Why are we missing? Because like, you thought it landed, but it didn't. It actually just didn't. Right. And so that was this, that's the sort of, you know, that's the analog I'm working on uh, across the company to try and get them to, uh, to understand how we're going to try and set our objectives for 2021. Does that make more sense? Or is it still like nonsense? No. That was great. I got it the first time too, but it was more fun. <laughs> um, yeah. We're, yeah, we're thinking about it nonstop and we're working kind of aligning those goals into something that's actually actionable, inspiring, and how it, the message gets across at every level is not that easy. And so it's worth all that upfront work, but, but thank that's you. Our, yeah, so like the, just on that point, since you're doing it, the big thing that I had to work through with the team was they wanted to set objectives last year. And I'm like, we don't even know what we can measure and what works. Mm-hmm. So I am a big fan of early, like when you have a hypothesis, don't set like the outcome that you want because it could be the wrong thing and you're going to chase it for a while instead just focus on the inputs just focus on the inputs that you know are going to move the needle so we've got this like um total total uh total team member impact metric it's sort of three metrics triangulated but for our financial metrics i'm clear i'm like i know how many clients we need and a revenue per client i know all those things team members like i know all that but on our developmental like we want to make development team development a priority. I'm like, I don't know where it is, but there's a bunch of good stuff we can measure. Like how many team members got promoted? How many team members are engaged in learning and development? How many, like, those are the types of things. I just want to measure those counters and commit to measuring those and be disciplined about those because at some point the right metric is going to emerge. Yep. And I think you've got to give yourself the space for that. And too often people are like, no, we want 85% engagement in our learning and development stuff. And I'm like, then you're going to pursue 85%. Like, go for it. I don't know if it's right. And that's, so that's sort of where we're, that's, that's the one, that's one of the things that we're working on. And that's what we're trying to talk to the team about, which is like, don't just give them a number, right? Like, what does it mean? What's meaningful here? And they'll get bought in. Perfect. Sunit, thank you so much uh, for sharing your inspiring wisdom. I'm, there are a lot of people who would love to work on your team someday, and I am one of them. Thanks, bud. Right, yeah, I'm looking forward to working together. We're going to do that. We got to do that. We got to travel together someday. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or travel at all. Um, yeah. Have a wonderful uh, bridge into 2021. Thanks so much for spending your time with us again. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for having me, bud. Have a great close to the year. Have fun with the family. And that's it for this episode of The Verblio Show. 
If you enjoyed the conversation and learned something helpful today, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to subscribe and leave us a raving review or a ridiculously high rating. Thanks for tuning in. This is Steve Pockross in Denver, Colorado, signing off.